This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, August 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. New plan for cap-and-trade money. Labs for smoke testing and conservation plan falls short. CARB outlines ag investments for cap-and-trade dollars. The Air Resources Board is reorganizing the need to finance a number of state climate programs in its latest investment plan for cap-and-trade auction proceeds. The lengthy document outlines CDFA's existing suite of climate-smart programs and CARB's methane reduction efforts while adding initiatives at other agencies that offer incentives to the industry. Now, these include renewable energy program, agriculture land conservation, energy-efficient irrigation, zero-emission equipment, carbon sequestration, alternatives to ag burning, and farmer-led solutions to increase biodiversity. The plan, which covers years 2022 to 25, will be presented to the legislature in January. CARB is taking comments until September 17. More labs to test wine grapes for smoke taint. Wine grape growers ran into roadblocks during the harvest last year when lab testing for smoke taint racked up enormous backlogs. Many wineries required the test before accepting grapes. Now the Wine Institute has published an expanded list of domestic and international labs with the capacity to test for smoke exposure. The Institute is urging growers to contact those labs directly. 2.8 million acres for Conservation Reserve Program, well short of the Biden goal. The Agriculture Department is accepting 2.8 million acres into the Land Idling Conservation Reserve Program, an enrollment far short of the 4 million acres the Biden administration was aiming for as a part of its effort to use farmers to help reduce U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. About 1.9 million acres will be enrolled as a part of the general sign-up that ended in July Another 897,000 acres were accepted under the continuous sign-up rules, USDA's Farm Service Agency said yesterday. Additional acreage is expected to be enrolled through the continuous sign-up process and through the CRP grassland sign-up, which closed last week. But the program will likely remain well below the cap of 25.5 million acres set by the 2018 Farm Bill for Fiscal 22, which starts October 1. About 20.6 million acres are currently enrolled in the program, and contracts on 3 million acres are scheduled to expire September 30. In conjunction with a White House climate summit this spring, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack announced a series of financial incentives to help attract more CRP acreage. USDA offered a 10% inflationary adjustment to the county payment rates and also set a minimum payment rate for CRP grasslands of $15 an acre. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. EPA funding research on wildfire health impacts. The Environmental Protection Agency is providing $7 million to fund a series of research projects on ways to reduce the health risks of being exposed to wildfires. 
the recipient of the funding include Public Health Institute in Oakland, which is field testing a filtration system for rooftop evaporative coolers, which are sometimes used rather than conventional air conditioning. Stanford University is using a smartphone app to identify steps to reduce health risk among low-income people who don't speak English. UC Berkeley is creating a new model of wildfire smoke risk data and developing risk communication strategies for hard-to-reach populations. Growers worried about Biden administration push for new waters definition. Farmers and ranchers said they're worried the Biden administration will adopt a rule defining waters of the U.S. under the Clean Water Act that will hamper their ability to grow an online meeting yesterday held to gather input on a new version to replace the existing navigable waters protection rule. EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers are working to come up with a definition, which would be the third in as many presidential administrations. California Farm Bureau's Aaron Hudson said farmers are particularly concerned that the depart- the deciphering new regulations could require expensive legal assistance or consulting. She and other grower representatives also asked for a 60-day extension of the current comment period that ends September 3rd. Environmentalists, however, said the current rule has already reduced protections for areas formerly considered waters, making some communities more prone to flooding damage. Meetings to offer feedback are scheduled through September 2nd. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Japan lifts ban on Japanese plums from the U.S., Japan has opened its market to U.S.-grown Japanese plums, that according to a new report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. About 20 years ago, Japan opened up its market to European plums from the U.S., but not Japanese plums. That changed this month with an announcement from Japan's Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries. The Japanese plum is actually believed to have originated in China, But it's been popular in Japan for the past thousand years and eventually found its way to U.S. gardens and is now grown commercially, according to the Minnetonka Apple Orchards blog. Japan's continued concerns about moth infestation means they'll all plums shipped to Japan need to be first fumigated with methyl bromide. U.S. T.R. Tai meets with Kenya Trade Minister. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai met virtually yesterday with Betty Mana, Kenya Trade Minister Betty Mana, as the Biden administration continues to consider a possible free trade agreement with the country. Tai told AgriPulse in a recent interview that she is still reviewing the FTA negotiations between Kenya and the U.S. that were conducted during the Trump administration. Tai and Mena agreed on the importance of strengthening bilateral engagement between both countries and committed to maintaining an open dialogue moving forward. That according to a statement released by the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative. Here's today's He Said It. It's going to take more precipitation to make next year wet than it normally would take. That UC Davis engineering professor Jay Lund explaining that 2022 will likely be dry during a legislative hearing yesterday on the drought's impact on agriculture. 
Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, August 24th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.